It is time for us to begin our midday program here on a toasty Thursday. Scott in here with you along with Jason Jorgensen and Bob Brogan and Susan Littlefield as we take a look at all of the stories that we're going to be bringing you during the next couple hours that we call midday. It certainly is busy as the temperature warms up. It seems like more things are going on. We'll check in with Susan Littlefield first. Susan? Well, thanks, Scott. Here's what's happening at the midday from the farm team at 1219. It's the Anglo Journey, the Passion Pillar. So we're going to learn more about these six pillars. Today's focus is on passion. Then at 1245, you know, there's an app for that. Well, there's an app that will help you ID problems in your field. We're going to find out more as I have the discussion with Pioneer. And then wrapping it all up at 117, Alex will step in with the 2020 Virtual Youth Crop Scouting Competition. That's a midday from the farm team. Thanks a lot, Susan. Appreciate it. We turn it over to Jason Jorgensen. And uh, I guess it's not a big surprise, but uh, one of the games that was sort of going to kick everything off was a Hall of Fame game. And the NFL said, no, we're not going to do that. Yeah, that game between Dallas and Pittsburgh set in Canton, Ohio for August 6th is being canceled. That game is usually played in conjunction with a Hall of Fame's enshrinement ceremony. And, uh, well, they're pushing that back as well. So that's mm. that's... It's not good news, but we shouldn't be surprised. No, I, I don't think it is a surprise, but I think everybody was hoping against hope that that would sort of be a bellwether yep. that, for everything. Also, uh, speaking of uh, COVID and how they are handling things, we'll hear from Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook about how the voluntary workouts have gone so far this month at NU. Uh, Nebraska's gaining another walk-on as former Iowa Hawkeye Ezra Miller is transferring to Nebraska. Coming out of high school, he was considered to be a four-star offensive lineman recruit. Never really worked out with the Hawkeyes. He would need an NCAA waiver to be eligible to play this fall. My guess is good luck in getting that from Iowa. But, uh... We'll see. Maybe maybe, uh, maybe he will be eligible. And, and he's an Iowa kid, too. Yeah. I think he's from Holstein, if I saw that right. So uh, that's going to be that's a tough decision for him. For but sure. I, don't, I don't know if you let someone go like that to a rival and mm-hmm. say, uh, you'll be eligible right mm-hmm. away. Good and point. Lexington High School athletic trainer Amber Burson has been named the National High School Strength Coaches Association Region 6 Nebraska Strength Coach of the Year. So congratulations to uh, her. Much deserved. They get a lot of awards for lifting weights in Lexington, I'll tell you what. So, good stuff. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. We turn it over to Bob Rogan. Boy, after a bad day yesterday, Bob, looks like stocks are uh, have rebounded a little bit today for us, and that's, uh, that's certainly good news. They're catching some air today and some trading on Wall Street as investors are weighing a mix, mixed batch of economic reports highlighting the damage of the coronavirus lockdowns that have... Uh, the uh, damage that's been done by those lockdowns on the economy. Meanwhile, the economy shrank at a 5% rate in the first quarter, and a much worse decline is expected in the current three-month economic period. The number of laid-off workers who applied for unemployment benefits fell last week, and it's the 12th straight drop. And uh, also, uh, one of my favorite places, Chuck E. Cheese, is filing for bankruptcy protection. Uh, But... uh, they're trying to restructure a little bit of debt and uh, try to try to right the ship a little bit and and keep uh, putting out Chuck E. Cheese stuff. All right, you heard it here first. Bob Rogan spends a lot of time at Chuck E. I Cheese. Do. Everyone, okay, thank you. That's all coming up on. 
KRBN, 93.1 The River, and Cami have always blazed new trails. This year is no different. We're giving you a chance to win a brand new Chevrolet Blazer. And not just any Blazer. A 2020 Blazer loaded with extra details like tinted windows and a custom paint job. For your first look, go to krvn.com and check it out. Be listening because we'll be giving more details on how you can get registered to win the Blazer this fall. We are blazing new trails. Thanks to these partners. Eustace Body Shop. Eustace. Cozad. Lexington. Kearney. Grand Island in Lincoln. Heartland Chevrolet in Buick. Lexington. Nutrien Ag Solutions. Suretop Angus in Charlet. Farnham. Cornerstone Bank. Member FDIC. With 43 locations serving Nebraska. Central Valley Irrigation. Holdridge. Lexington. Kearney. Nebraska Land. Kansas Land. Colorado Land Tire Group. And Lexington Regional Health. 1144, time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. And uh, uh, we've got Paul Perkins in here with us. Paul, I hope you're doing well today. Another toasty sort of Thursday, huh? Yes, it looks like it's going to be an above average day for today for temperatures already off to a warm start. Many of us upper 70s to low 80s already as warm as the low 90s into northeast Colorado and northwest Kansas. But that's also where the dew point is down around 45, so it's not humid. It's a it's very, a dry heat. Dry, very dry heat there. But we are starting to see those dew points clean, uh, start to sneak oh, into yeah. the low to mid-60s, so we'll start to feel a little more humid for today thanks to those southeast winds kicking in. Boy, 64 dew point in Broken Bow, that's that's up there for, for the Sandhills, that's for sure. Exactly. So. A little bit of cloud cover in west-central Nebraska, North Platte to just east of Shadron, and that may be kicking up a few light showers currently towards the Gordon and Hyannis area, kind of like the little bit of shower activity that we did have earlier over far southwest Nebraska this morning, but unfortunately nothing too much of consequence for that weather. We will be just ahead of a cold front today, and that will give us some sunshine and breezy conditions. Temperatures about 5 to 10, 10, five to 10 degrees warmer than average. Our thunderstorm chances do increase for this afternoon through tonight when a cold front starts to move to the southeast. Now, the big question is how far south and east these thunderstorms will hold together. This cold front could be outrunning this area of low pressure, and that will help to kind of diminish these thunderstorms as they do move farther south and east by later tonight. So don't be surprised if kind of run out on those rain chances at farther south and east you go uh, from this front. But looks like northwest and north central areas of Nebraska seeing the better chance of some thunderstorms. Some of these storms could be severe, especially if you're along and north of the line from Neely to Broken Bow, North Platte, and Ogallala. Once again, along and north of the line from Neely to Broken Bow, North Platte, and Ogallala. That's where the Storm Prediction Center does have a slight risk for severe storms, a lower risk for severe storms southeast of that line. Likely chance of thunderstorms is in the forecast for the east tomorrow when that front moves through during the peak heating of the day. Smaller thunderstorm chances will continue most of the time now for tomorrow night through the middle of next week. Saturday night, with plenty of available moisture and the support for some backbuilding of storms, there could be some locally heavy rain if we do see some storms fire. A ridge of high pressure will keep Sunday through Monday mostly dry with above normal temperatures. Then our thunderstorm chances do start to return by Monday night into Wednesday with the approach of low pressure into Colorado. Now, late next week through the following week, above normal temperatures with lower than lower rain chances are likely as the ridge of high pressure starts to build up from the desert southwest. So hopefully those rain chances do pan out by the middle of next week. In our long-term forecast, Nebraska and Kansas temperatures are likely to be 
above normal for Tuesday through the first eight days of next month. July getting off to a hot start. Above normal rainfall is likely the middle part of next week for Nebraska and Kansas. Those rain chances do decrease a bit late next week through July 8th, but still rainfall is expected to be near normal for late next week through July 8th. Dryness issues are increasing, though, in the latest regional drought monitor. Nebraska dropped 8 percentage points to 76% drought-free. Abnormal dryness covers most of the southwest and the northwest part of Nebraska. Also, areas from Aurora to Superior and from Columbus and points to the northeast. Moderate drought is now starting to show up in Nebraska, and that's found in the very southwest corner from Imperial to Trenton and also in the very northwest corner of the state. Kansas actually improved. 9 percentage points to 41% drought-free. Much of central and west Kansas still abnormally dry to a moderate drought. In southwest Kansas, along and south of a line from Sharon Springs to Scott City, in severe to extreme drought. Weather factors affecting the markets include periods of rain to cross the central U.S. through this weekend and a dry weekend forecast for the Black Sea region. The Midwest will see more widespread moderate to heavy rain tomorrow through the weekend to keep up with moisture demand from developing crops. Scattered showers are likely in western areas of the Midwest next week. There is some concern, though, about dryness returning to the eastern areas of the Midwest. For the northern plains, widespread widespread light to moderate rain through tomorrow is expected. Some important moisture that's needed after recent dryness in western areas. Additional rain chances are predicted seven days from now in the northern plains. Moderate drought currently covers the western northern plains. The southern plains, mainly dry and hot weather today, will favor the wheat harvest. Widespread moisture and rain tomorrow through Saturday will likely delay that wheat harvest. Isolated to scattered showers will continue next week and further delay the wheat harvest, but bring, bring also some good moisture for summer crops. Now, the Black Sea region's scattered rain has diminished. The forecast does turn drier through the end of this week. A pattern they may be stressful to their filling wheat and summer crop development. Okay. All right. Well, I guess if uh, if you got a rain dance in you, or uh, maybe everybody needs to go out and wash their cars, uh, maybe that that would work to get this a little more organized. Anything to get it encouraged, because yeah, especially we're going to need to buy the middle of next week with this dry stretch that we're going to hit and above normal temperatures, and especially after that, it looks like. This building ridge coming up from the desert southwest could start to cut off that moisture supply. There, I was watching uh, last night Ken Burns' thing on the Dust Bowl, and one of the one of the sayings back in the '30s was that the that the rain follows the plow. Wouldn't that be nice if that was actually true? Yes, Boy, exactly. Yeah. Sure. All right. Well, thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Where do you go to check in on your weather? Weather tab at krvn.com. <laughs> entrepreneurship journey celebrating success embracing failure and inspiring the entrepreneur inside of you how do i bring my passion to the problem at hand thanks so much for joining passion is one of the six pillars of the angler program and program director tom field explains why passion was chosen as a pillar well passion really gets its start in our program from a phrase that our founder paul angler uses frequently and he says You have to have a fire in your belly. And we think that's right. To undertake anything noble or worthy or meaningful, you have to have a sense of purpose, of direction, of conviction that goes with that. But here's what's really interesting about passion. Passion is also a very misunderstood term. Here's what it's not. It's not the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. 
it's also not a destination. It's not something you discover. It's not even a thing. It's not the secret sauce. It's not the pixie dust. It's not even the solution or even our purpose. What it is is a choice about what we bring to the problem at hand. Throughout the Angler program, Tom says that passion is a notable characteristic among Angler entrepreneurs. What's beautiful about the work that we get to do and, and, and is the joy of it is we get to see passion at play in so many different students. So I, I watched the passion of Aaron Ruruka um, at Oxbow's Rustic Furniture and his love of creating something beautiful from nature's resources. His capacity as a woodworker is just, it's just unbelievable. But we also get to see that passion in our graduates who have chosen to take entrepreneurial education into the public schools. And we see their passion and their love for bringing a new way of seeing the world to their students. And at the end of the day, for us, what we really have come to love about this pillar is that there is this longing to make a difference. It's that fire in the belly that keeps you going when the odds are against you. It's that fire in the belly that gets you to eat no for breakfast. That's what passion is. And Tom says passion is something we can live out in our everyday lives because passion is a choice about effort. Even if we haven't found that thing that we love the most, one of the alums that I work with pretty closely, his first business, he told me, he said, look, it's been a very successful business, but he said it wasn't the thing that I cared most about, but it was a way for me to grow and develop as an entrepreneur. He said, so I chose passion. I chose to bring the very best I knew how to give to that first company. Well, that's really what we're talking about for all of us. When I wake up in the morning, I've been given another day. What am I going to bring to the day? Am I going to be a giver or a taker? Am I going to look for the opportunity where others see only the challenge? And I think it's attitude as much as anything. And every bit of human history tells us that those who manage their attitude in crisis are those who create opportunities for themselves and others and build something powerful. Learn more about the Angler Agribusiness Entrepreneurship Program at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln by visiting angler.unl.edu. Thanks so much for joining. Until next time, I'm Alex Wojcicki on the Rural Radio Network. Time for Midday Sports. Jason is now joining us. Jason, we heard from John Cook last night, and he talked kind of about uh, Nebraska volleyball and the voluntary workouts and what that looks like. Yeah, it's been going on for the Huskers since the 1st of June. Of course, the the big feature is trying to keep everyone safe, and head coach talks about how it's gone. As far as I know, only one athlete, a football player, tested positive. Um, there have been some outbreaks at other universities, but... Again, our people are doing a great job. They're getting fed. They have a food feeding system. They get checked every day. They fill out these questionnaires. And now we just got to encourage them to make good decisions. They got to wash, wear a mask, and social distance. Now, the NCAA is set to decide in the very near future the schedule for official fall workouts and when the season might actually begin. Of course, a lot of that depends upon 
how things continue to go with the pandemic. And there's going to be more cases. No doubt there's going to be more cases, so it'll be interesting to see what they say, because it's not going to go down. It just won't. Uh, At some point, someone is going to have to step forward and decide what the plateau is and what what the threshold of pain is that people can handle and how many people are sick. Former Iowa Hawkeye Ezra Miller is transferring to Nebraska. Yesterday, the former four-star offensive lineman announced on social media he will walk on with the Big Red. Six foot six, three hundred and ten pounder left the Hawkeyes in January, citing a back injury that he said was forcing him to retire. But he later revealed in May he actually moved on because of depression. Now, he was on scholarship at Iowa, which means he would need an NCAA waiver to be eligible to play this fall. I find it hard to believe that Iowa would begrudgingly agree yeah that's a rival if you're going to your neighbors there's no way (laughs) however if he was able to play that would be a big help on that offensive line well it adds more depth that's that's for sure they've certainly improved that room in the three years that scott frost has been head coach well lexington high school athletic trainer amber burson has been named the national high school strength coaches association region six nebraska strength coach of the year Burson has been the strength and conditioning coordinator at Lexington since 2008, and she has built the Lexington High School powerlifting program from the ground up. It's now one of the most decorated teams in the state, winning four of the last six Class B state championships in both the boys' and girls' divisions. Well, they have now moved on to the semifinals at the 53rd Nebraska Match Play Championship. The quarterfinals started this morning. And the Dallas Cowboys and Pittsburgh Steelers preseason opener at the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, on August 6th is being canceled, mm. and the Hall of Fame's enshrinement ceremony on August 8th is being postponed. No surprise there. Now, you have been to the Hall of Fame game. What is that? Ex- or I, the, the experience? Yeah, I, was, I wasn't at the game, okay. but I was at the enshrinement ceremony. What's that like? Coolest thing I've ever got yeah? to cover okay. in 25 years of radio. I remember standing there, and there goes Ronnie Lott. Yeah. There goes Fred Bolitnikoff. There's Howie Long. So the past in Chinese, they come and also oh, support yeah. as well. Well, that's awesome. The biggest thing I noticed, though, that day, and I will always remember this, there were a lot of broken men Oof. at that particular sure. event. I mean, sure. You could see where the ravages of playing you know, 10, 15 years in the NFL takes their toll some 15, 20 years down the road. Probably not easy to see, honestly. Not, no. It, it was, now, some of the guys still look pretty good, but the others, you can tell they, they played back in the good old days right. of the 60s and 70s. Cool. Very good. But what? that's life. That's true. Party <laughs> aging, sports. I suppose. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. A United States attorney announced that Trevor C. Mask, age 21 of Loomis, was sentenced yesterday by the United States District Judge to 144 months imprisonment for receipt and of child pornography. There is no parole in the federal system, and after his release from prison, Mask will begin an eight-year term of supervised release and will be required to register as a sex offender. Judge Rossiter ordered Mask to pay restitution in the amount of $9,000. An investigation conducted by the FBI determined that on July 19th of last year, an agent with the FBI while working in an undercover capacity on the Internet received a private message from Mask using an Internet messenger named Kick. During the course of the Kick Messenger conversation between Mask and the FBI agent, Mask sent the FBI agent a video of a minor child undressing and completely naked. 
Upon receipt of the video, the FBI immediately obtained and executed a federal search warrant of Masks' residence. The FBI seized a digital device from Masks' bedroom, which contained child pornography that had been sent and received through the Internet. This case was investigated by the Omaha FBI's Child Exploitation and Human Trafficking Task Force. Omaha officials have announced that the city's police are now banned from using a knee on a person's neck to restrain them. The announcement Thursday from Omaha Police Chief and Omaha Mayor Gene Stothert follows weeks of civil unrest across the country following the May 25th police-involved death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. The update to the Omaha Police Department's use of force policy was among several changes announced to beef up training, seek public input, and improve diversity within city government. The Omaha police chief is also conducting a review of recent protests in the city and the police response to them at the mayor's request. The U.S. retail average price for regular gasoline rose a few cents on Monday, according to the Wood report from Amarine Woodyard. The U.S. average retail price for regular gasoline rose to $2.13 a gallon on Monday. That's up 3.1 cents from a week ago, based on the weekly price survey by the U.S. Energy Information Administration. The current average price of unleaded regular in Nebraska is just slightly over $2 a gallon, according to AAA. And finally, Kansas Governor Laura Kelly has appointed a commission to examine policing and other racial justice issues and named the superintendent of Topeka's public schools and a state university administrator to lead it. Kelly issued an executive order on Wednesday to create the Commission on Racial Equity and Justice. She said it would focus first on relationships between law enforcement agencies and the communities they police and develop policy proposals for state and local officials. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson. You've heard the saying, there's an app for that. Heck, we use apps right here on the radio station. But did you know that there is an app available for you to identify issues in your field? Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Jeremy Gretke is a U.S. Pioneer Digital Ag Lead. And he talked to me about this new app that they have called Threat ID. Which, by the way, you don't have to be a Pioneer customer to be able to utilize. Yeah, Susan, so we launched Pioneer Seeds, the mobile tool, last August. And now what we're doing is rolling out another feature in there called Thread ID. Uh, as you mentioned, there's other apps out in the market, generally mostly in the urban market, uh, that you can take a picture of something and it'll tell you what it is. What we've really focused and harnessed on is what's important to our agricultural producers out there. Uh, in the major crops. Uh, we actually cover over 30 some different crops uh, with this uh, technology and, and some 400 disease, pests, nutrient. You know, it's not just diseases, it's insects, disease, it's pests, um, maybe manganese deficiencies. Um, and so it's really to help that confirmation of what am I looking at. Um, a lot of us in ag look at things, but like we just, need that confirmation that, hey, this is a great leaf spot. I know what now I need to go do from an action standpoint and, and make that decision uh, to go treat or not treat, right? So explain how it all works. I mean, obviously, they got to have a smartphone to be able to utilize this. So, so download it. Where do they need to go to start to get it underway? Yep. 
Uh, so for the growers out there, where the best place to go to get started is on your phone, whether you're an Apple guy, iOS, or an Android, uh, either store. Uh, go into Apple or the Android Google Play Store. Uh, search Pioneer Seeds, uh, and the app will come up. You'll find it in the, the top recommended apps. Uh, hit download. Create your account if you don't have one. Uh, for those that have Pioneer accounts already, you'll be able to use your email and password that you use to log in. Uh, once you're in there, one thing we always want to encourage our, our current growers that work with Pioneer today is insert their business partner ID because that unlocks a lot of features within the app. Uh, and so just for a common user, they, they get access to a handful of features. But if you're a loyal Pioneer customer or even a, a prospect or a, a partial customer, uh, when you link that BPID, which is on their invoice in places they can get very easy with their sales reps, that really unlocks the full potential. Seeing their farm and field boundaries, seeing thread ID, yield estimator, digital bag tag, all of the features that we provide through that Pioneer Seeds app. I, when I was reading through the news release, it just baffled my mind at the number of photos that are available. And obviously, it's something that continually changes and, and gets added to. Yeah, so the crew that we've really partnered with this, uh, Plantix, right, they're one of the leading companies around the world where over 20 million images are collected uh, that really help us develop and validate the algorithms that are behind this. So it's literally as simple as taking a selfie basically you're taking a selfie of the corn plant and we're telling you what it is uh and it's that simple and it needs you to do is push the button and then the diagnosis comes right back to you it, it really sounds like this is going to be a really an economic saver for these producers to be able to have this tool on their phone and to be able to, to have that conversation with their with their with their rep with their agronomist whoever they're talking with um to deal with these fields yeah, I think one of the massive benefits that this app and this technology brings is time management. We all know time is the most valuable resource that we all have. And just that back and forth, indecision, what am I looking at? How do I make the next step? And we're compressing and shrinking that now that we know immediately that I'm looking at northern corn leaf blight, gray leaf spot, maybe southern rust. And then I can immediately move into that action step of, do I treat? How do I get a hold of the spray and get moving on with my day? We're eliminating a lot of that indecision part that just takes time to like get to the resolution mm -hmm. and move forward. Now, you, you talked earlier about how this uh, threat ID is really going to be able to join a series of other things that are available within the app. What are some other things that are available to, to folks? And do they have to be Pioneer customers to be able to utilize this? Yeah, Suzanne, so I'll answer in reverse order. So no, you don't have to be a Pioneer customer to, to use the app. Uh, anybody can use it. Um, crop consultants out there in the, the Western Nebraska market, uh, feel free to download, create your account and use that. Uh, it's when you become that Pioneer customer entering that business partner ID, you just unlock more features uh, for you as a customer with Pioneer. Um, one of the key things then that we see of other features, especially this time of year, uh, I'll focus in on the next couple months, is a feature we call field observation. So that's that documentation scouting, like taking notes that, hey, threat ID is in this part of the area. And that's the combination with our satellite imagery. So we image the earth really every day. So inside that app, you're going to see a image of the satellite. So you see a yellow spot and you're like, 
what's going on there? Why is that yellow spot there? Modern technology helping you be more profitable. My conversation with pioneers, Jeremy Gretke. I'm Susan Littlefield, the World Radio Network. Time for the Midday Business Report, and our own Bob Brogan is in. And, well, stock's up a little bit, kind of, I guess, but uh, what are you seeing early on uh, now at midday here with the stocks? They're edging a little bit higher and trading on Wall Street as investors weigh a mixed batch of economic reports highlighting the damage that the virus lockdowns have inflicted on the economy. The U.S. economy shrank at a 5% rate in the first quarter, and another 1.5 million laid-off workers applied for unemployment benefits last week. But orders for durable goods rebounded. Gains in the financial, energy, and technology sectors are helping to lift the market, outweighing losses in companies that rely on consumer spending, utility stocks, and elsewhere. As mentioned, the economy shrank at a 5% rate in the first quarter, and a much worse decline is expected in the current three-month economic period because of the coronavirus. Commerce Department says they uh, says decline in the gross domestic product. The total output of goods and services in the January-March quarter was unchanged from the estimate made a month ago. That was the sharpest quarterly decline since an 8.4% fall in the fourth quarter of 2008 during the depths of the financial crisis. The number of laid-off workers who applied for unemployment benefits fell to 1.48 million last week. That's the 12th straight drop, a sign that layoffs are slowing but are still at a painfully high level. The steady decline in claims suggests that the job market has begun to heal from the pandemic, which shuttered businesses and sent the unemployment rate up to 14.7% in April, its highest level since the Great Depression. Meanwhile, orders to American factories for big-ticket goods rebounded last month from a disastrous April and March as the U.S. economy began to slowly reopen. Chuck E. Cheese is filing for bankruptcy protection. The restaurant chain's parent company, CEC Entertainment, has reopened 266 of its 612 company-operated Chuck E. Cheese and Peter Piper Pizza restaurants, with many cities still under tight restrictions on crowds. It says it will continue to reopen locations while it negotiates uh, while it negotiates with debt and leaseholders. With the Business Report, I'm Bob Brogan. Thank you very much, Bob. Coronavirus crisis. For the first time in more than three months, daycares in Chicago are reopening. Relief for parents who have to work. But Bellamote, CEO of the Carol Robertson Center for Learning, says there's also concern. The pandemic is still very much here. And so what we do know is that there's more we can do to mitigate. And so what we had to do was invest in the things that the CDC and other health officials are saying work. The child care center is taking the temperature of every kid, parent, and employee every morning. They answer health questions and wash their hands before a staff member takes the kid back to their classrooms. Inside, those classrooms are limited to 10 people. Between the technology, the PPE, the cleaning that we had to do, it was probably fifty dollars to $60,000. In some states, reopened daycares have had to temporarily close after children tested positive for the coronavirus. Many in the industry fear other child care centers will have to close permanently because they can't afford to operate at limited capacity or to pay for all of the safety upgrades. In Chicago, Grady Trimble, Fox News. Oh, mm-hmm.
26th annual Crop Scouting Competition for Nebraska youth will be held virtually this year, and we're joined by Nebraska Extension Educator Brandy Vandewall with the details. Brandy, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Well, tell us about the details for this year's competition. It's going to look a little bit different than last year, though. Exactly. So I'm glad that we're still able to provide this experience for all of our youth. So it'll still be held July 28th, um, like it normally would have been. And this year we have new opportunities since it is going to be done virtually. Uh, we're going to mail out some actual um, hard copy study guides for the participants to look through ahead of time. And we're also providing some office hours with an agronomist program. So our teams will have the chance to meet with some of our extension agronomists and specialists and kind of ask some questions about different pests and get a little bit more education ahead of time. And so the contest itself, um, like I said, we'll be doing um, pretty much via Zoom, and we will um, still have an opportunity for those kids to kind of do crop scouting. Of course, it's just on the computer rather than out in the field. Um, we've got some other cool things uh, planned that I think will work out very well. And this competition is just on one day, so give us an idea of uh, what participants will be doing throughout that day. We are planning on having it just on one day, on July 28th, and um, we'll have kind of a little schedule and utilize some Zoom breakout rooms um, and kind of figure out how to basically get through it in half a day is kind of our plans. And so we are limited to 10 teams um, just because of the logistics involved. And I'm sure, though, just like last year and the years before, their students are going to be learning a lot of different things. What things can they expect to learn? Yeah, so they will learn. Um, we have a weed identification section. Um, the kids will have a chance to learn about diseases and how to identify them as well as insects. And we also have just some um, general crop scouting information and how you stage um, the corn and soybean on their uh, growth. Uh, who can register to be a part of this program then? Yep, so an FFA or a 4-H member, um, they have to be um, at least fifth through 12th grade um, that was as they had just graduated and they just need to register by July 12th so we can get everything uh, basically figured out and um, we're able to do this con uh, contest because the Nebraska Independent Crop Consultant Association has been a really good sponsor for this program since its inception. And where can they go to get registered? So they can go to our cropwatch.com nl.edu website and then they'll um, click on the youth resources tab awesome brandy as we round up this conversation uh, what other things should be on our radar with nebraska extension so we're doing so many different virtual things our crop um, educators are doing all kinds of virtual tours out in the field um, reaching um, social media by doing quick little video segments and then our 4-H youth development educators are doing all kinds of different um, virtual learning opportunities every week for kids you know we're learning to like everybody else but um, there's some really cool new opportunities that um, we've been able to do and I think even reach a larger group of people that maybe we normally um, wouldn't have reached all right, great information. Thanks so much, Brandy. Again, we've been joined by Brandy Vandewal. She's a Nebraska Extension educator as we've been discussing the Youth Crop Scouting Competition that will be held on July 28th virtually this year. And you can get your students registered by going to cropwatch.unl.edu backslash crop scouting competition. Broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board News Desk, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. 
Kelly Patton on the World Radio Network. Let's talk with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago and publisher of the newsletter this week in Grain. And as we look here at the closing grains, John, really nothing exciting. We've seen a lot of this done, but did we do some technical damage in that corn chart? And is this going to prov- or slow us if we try to recover in the near term? Yeah, I think you're, you're just, we're in the wrong period of time to have really good weather. This is similar to what you normally see at this time of the year where you kind of break down hard into the July delivery, but usually we're coming from $4 or 380 or 430 or something like that, prices we've seen the last few years. But uh, it's a little bit different now. Um, you know, the, the COVID problems that you know are still hanging around the economy combined with just the oversupply, and I think that's the biggest issue right now, um, the, the idea that we're going to have this huge production number, and there's nothing really to slow it down. So the only thing that can can happen is price has to cheapen up so that folks want to store it instead of sell it. And I, I think we're getting there. That December contract to me would be one that I wouldn't probably fade on a break, especially after the report. But, uh, you know, well, three is certainly in the cards here. As we continue forward, the U.S. dollar index has erased its early week losses. It's now looking to put on gains. Obviously, that's going to affect our export market. Now, today we had fairly decent export numbers in the sales, but will we continue to see that if this dollar keeps moving higher? Um, probably, I would imagine we're going to catch pretty good export sales. Um, you know, the Chinese price demand combined with the rest of the world demand. I mean, Brazil, you know, they have the COVID issues too, and their ports probably aren't as secure as ours. So I think folks are probably more likely to come to the U.S. at this point, uh, especially in more developed countries like like in the European Union. Um, but it's it's tough to see us being able to export our way out of this. So really what we need to do is have the market break, not just for exports, but to put some pressure on, on their future planting. So, um, you know, South Americans, they're harvesting corn right now. They'll be making decisions on what to plant over the next three months. And right now they're going to plant probably a record soybean crop again and record acreage. And uh, nothing's going to slow this global market down here. The U.S. is likely the one that's going to have to adjust if, if nothing would change on that currency front. So, um, you know, I think a lot of negativity is baked in here. I would say that. Um, so... You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not all for covering hedges if you've been hedged up, but I would wait till the end of the month. I think the, at least holding them into the crop report and maybe doing some buy the rumor, sell the fact type of, of trade or sell the, sell the rumor, buy the fact type of trade as, as the report comes out. And again, John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago. Learn more at danielzagmarketing.com. Do remember, though, trading futures and options involves risk of loss and may not be suitable for all investors. Do consider these risks before investing. As the settlements start to come in, corn and soybeans will be mostly in the red. Will we see the July Chicago wheat rally at the settlements? 486 and three quarters, up five and a half. Thank you very much, Clay. Well, that'll wrap up today's Midday program. If you missed anything or want to rehear any of the interviews, you can listen to the Midday podcast at krvn.com or online at uh, iTunes as well. Our Midday podcast is sponsored by Deveni Mo. Howdy, folks. This is Rick from Deveni Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to DeveniChryslerJeepDodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Deveni deal.